Hello. How are you doing, guys? Good. Hey, it's so great to be here. We are together. Hallelujah. Finally. Yeah, Maurice is with me in Serbia and Rachel. That is always good, good fun. Bit dangerous also. But we love that way. So, yes. We live in a new and strange world. And I was thinking how to open all this. And what is the best illustration how to start about the world that we live in Monty Python, for goodness sake. The life of Brian. Do you remember that scene where um, there is that group of uh, Judean freedom fighters are sitting in the steps on Colosseum discussing the Roman oppression, talking about what is the manifesto of the fighting. And suddenly one of the guerrilla fighters called Steve says, I want to be a woman. It is my right as a man to be a woman. And I want to pay this. From now on, I'm not Steve anymore. I'm a Loretta. <laughs> and yes, the rest of the guys shouting and say, we shall fight the oppressors for your rights to have babies, brother, sister. But then the leader of the guerrilla freedom fighters is so frustrating of Jesse. What is the point of fighting for his rights to have babies when he can't have a babies? Well, it's a symbolic of our struggles against oppression. And the guy says, well, it's symbolic of his struggles against his reality. And that was a few decades ago, and we laughed it. Laughed it as crazy about uh, how hilarious was in our absurdity. And today that absurdity, together with so many other things, are not just knocking on our doors, they are deeply living in our houses, living in our institutions, culture, and, uh, and it's everywhere. And I remember when I, I because I, I, I do follow Twitter just a little bit, not too much. It's, it's, a, it's a horrible thing. But I remember when a journalist asked the UK shadow minister for equality, what is the woman? Looks like today the, the worst question you can ask anybody is what is a woman? And she refused to answer. And she literally, the, the lady who is fighting for a woman's rights refused to define what is a woman. And uh, J.K. Rowling, the, the writer of the Harry Potter, she wrote on the Twitter, you know, can somebody give her a dictionary in a backbone? And, and she was attacked so much about that, that comment. And we had a whole debate on the Twitter against the, the, the uh, J.K. Rowling, you know, write all kinds of horrible things. And, and she was the one who got on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a moral stake of society, you know, burning as a witch what she said and it just shows where the world is going and how everything is getting so crazy around what us so so we live in the age of Monty Pythons for goodness sake it's crazy uh, uh, the age of Europe where the new old heretics uh, relics of all time that's what we are a burden of cultural stake of the social media we are not allowed to say some things how they really are you know, logical, not divorced from reality, but how things are really are. You're not allowed to say the reality and what is the truth. And we live here in Europe, full with the beautiful buildings called churches, with a pointy tower showing to heaven, showing that there is a God still. There are so many pointers around us who show that there is a God, and He cares about us. 
and he cares about this generation in this culture. And he come, he lived, he died for us, he welcomed us back, and everywhere is this symbol of Christianity, and culture wants so desperately to divorce itself from anything that is Christianity. And just like every single insecure man, when you divorce yourself from God and from the source of, of, of truth, you become absolutely insecure. And when you're absolutely insecure, you, you want numbers of people around you to believe the same thing as you believe, so you can make secure and safe. And there is that pressure on us all the time to go with the culture, to also <coughs> divorce ourselves, a Christian church and believers, you know, for what the really true is, you know, and become more like a culture. Instead of us shaping the culture, bringing truth to them, they want us to be more like them in everything what they want. And that's why it's so important what we're doing here today. Okay? I just want to put a little bit in the context how grateful I am to see you and to be part of this kind of family who's standing so firm of what the truth is, you know, and from that standing point of what is unshakable truth, we're moving forward in a very hostile area of 21st century Europe and the rest of the world. Spreading the word that there is a God around us, there is a standard, there is a truth, there is a reality, there is a signed mind, for goodness sake, at the end of the day, how things should be. And if this world never learned from the history, somebody needs to stand up again and tell to this world what the truth is and where we're going as the Europeans. Because it's not good. But that's going to cost us, okay? And maybe we'll live so long decades of some kind of comfortable Christianity where we haven't been challenged in this kind of way. But now we cannot escape from that. There is no coming back anymore. You know, are we standing with Christ or are we not standing with Christ? Are we really believe what we believe? Are we are ready. We are ready. Not to say that in the four walls, but actually say that publicly and say that in the right way. Cover with love and care for communities and, and people around us. But say what the real truth is, it's going to cost us, guys. Are we ready for that or not? Are we ready to be the new relics? Are we ready to be a new heretics? Are we ready to live this life of the modern heretics? Is that worth of reward that we're going to get in heaven one day? It's easy. We can avoid all this. Easy. We can avoid all this. We can cover ourselves with the message of love and acceptance, but never with the message of the Lordship and allegiance to one true kingdom and one true king. It's so easy. It's so easy. We just need to flirt with the culture. Tell them what they want to hear. You know, hug with them. Lower down our prophetic voice. Go with the current in this unredeemed world, not against it. But this world needs church and its people who's going to go against the current. Okay? And change where this current is going. So, before we answer all these questions, before we actually start this kind of conference, <coughs> talking about <coughs> um, reward and cost, we need to ask some kind of questions. We need to turn ourselves to Jesus. We need to learn from Him. And we too need to ask some very difficult questions. So the story starts from John chapter 6. And Jesus is very successful. He has a lot of people around him. He just fed 5,000 people. 
many, many more around him. People are absolutely amazed with him. There is a huge feeling of strength and everything going well when you have 5,000 people around you, plus many more who cheer up your name, who loves you, who, 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 who just wants you so much. And in one moment, these people, this culture, these numbers, wants to make him a king. Wants to make him king. Devil wants to try to make him a king. He escaped from that. This time the culture and the people around him wants to make him a king. And with some reason he disappeared. And I wonder, doesn't say why, but I just wonder. Was it to go and be quiet with his father? Did he feel the temptation of that? You know? He went to be with his father and he came back and he disappeared. He crossed the lake and went on the other side. We don't know what's happened, but we just know what's happened after that. So after that he went. He went over the lake. He arrived in a small town on the shores of the lake of Capernaum. People still managed to find him. The same people also go over the lake next day. They come in a synagogue. The synagogue filled with the people. Hundreds and hundreds, thousands and thousands. Who knows how many people were there. Full, full with people. And of course, crowds still wants, entertain us, give us some food, show us some miracles, do something for us, perform some miracles, show us, just entertain us. And Jesus recognized this is the moment. And he decided to use that for a creative teaching. And just like he fed them with some real bread, he began that metaphor in saying, just as I fed you with the real bread, and now you're hungry again. Do you not know that God has provided something for your soul that you can forever keep you full and satisfy your hunger? And he starts developing that beautiful thing, okay, in that kind of way, absolutely deliberately, that shocks up also everybody. He shocked people. He could do that differently. He could go any kind of other direction to say what he wanted to say, I'm a bread from heaven and stuff like that, salvation, blah, blah, blah. He chose to do that in you know, that way that shocks up absolutely everybody. So he started, he says, he started comparing himself with the bread, saying, and I'm a bread of life that comes from heaven. Straight away, some people said, no, you're not. How do you mean you come from heaven? We know you. We know who you are. We know your parents. We know the town you're coming from. You are not somebody who comes from heaven. We know your mother. You didn't come. We know your parents. And suddenly there was a tension, deliberately created tension amongst the people. And Jesus said to them, I'll tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of Son of Man and drink his blood, you have not life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day for my flesh is the real food and my blood blood is the real drink and he went on and on and on and on on these weird subjects and it got weirder and weirder and the crowd started to mumble started to talk among themselves blasphemy cannibalism yes we read from this kind of cultural perspective back and we say well he talks about the communion you know the bread and wine and stuff like that. It wasn't like that for those people. They have a clue about that. They're just hearing a guy standing here and saying, if you want to live forever, you got to eat me. 
and drink my blood. He could say that in a million different ways. He literally provoked that crowd of people, crowd of people who wants to make him to be a king. The crowd of people was following him for entertainment, for food, for miracles, for all kinds of wrong reasons. He noticed something is wrong here. This is not how it should be. And he just come to the tree and start shaking that tree as a crazy. As a crazy. Let's lose as many as possible loose fruits as possible. This is not okay. Meanwhile, the twelve are sitting there and listening and thinking, Jesus, why are you doing this? This is crazy, you're gonna lose these people. Hey, yesterday they want to proclaim you to be a, a king. What a great thing. If you are king, there is a lot of good things for me here. It's so nice to be on the right hand of Jesus, the left hand of Jesus. It's so nice to be the closest. The things I can do for our people, the favors I can do for them and get stuff for me also. Mediating between the main guy who can do the stuff and the other people. It's a very, very fruitful thing. Don't do this. Don't make them angry. Don't disappoint them. Do not lose them. And it says, verse 60, on the hearing of this, many of his disciples, that's the people who follow him around. That's not the crowd who's gathered in a place where he is. This is literally the people who follow him around. They said, hearing all this, they said, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept this? Who can accept this? Who can accept this? Who can follow this teaching? Who can be associated with this? And crowds slowly try to turn around and go. And 12 guys, apostles, nothing on this. And you can almost imagine because, you know, you can imagine what's happening there. You have in a crowd John and James, you know, the two guys who wants to, a fisherman who wants to sit. On the right side, they said, the mom, can you do this for us? And then listen to this. And this, they realize in, in one way, you know, well, Jesus is losing all this support, losing all these people who follow him. He will, he's not going to be a king. This is not good for us. So I will say this will be the moment. They would, they would really like to take Jesus. Hold on, let's just everybody take a, take a five minute, take a break, and take Jesus aside and say, Jesus, what are you doing, mate? This is not okay. You're losing all this thing. Why are you telling all this thing? Nobody understands. Why don't you say something about love? Say something about the, the prayer. Just say those nice things. You know, nobody understands what the end of what you say, but just don't say those things because you're losing people. And you know these people that are the buffer zone. Behind them are the Pharisees, and they are really, really, really against you. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. We're losing people. Tell something nice, something different. Verse 61. Aware that his disciples are grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Is this offend you? Is this offend you guys? Is this too much for you? Is this raise some questions? Do you find this so difficult for you? What? When you see the Son of Man ascendant where he was before, the Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. And the verse 66, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. This is the guy. 
who just cut the numbers of his disciples. We don't know how many. He didn't care. He didn't care one moment. He'd seen this is going in the wrong direction. This is not how it should be. The culture, the sin, all kind of things affect this crowd which looks like a church too much. And I can't work with this. I'm not interested in numbers. The quality is what I want. I can do with little, with the great quality, than so much with the, you know, with divided hearts in so many ways. And from this point on, his disciples, many of them, turned away and went. And this reminds me of those uh, Hollywood uh, army films, you know, like a, like a boot camp, and with the, with the hard training, special forces training. When you don't have a sleep, when you're working hard in a, in a cold, when the drill sergeant is just screaming in your ear all the time, when you need to go through the mud, when you just without sleep for three days, uh, cold, wet, horrible exercises, running, you know, miles and miles and miles without stopping. And, 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 and the only thing to do to just save yourself from all that, it's when you're in a line in the morning and there is a belt there somewhere in the, in the middle of the yard and the drill soldiers shouting in your ear, save yourself before you just go and ring the bell, go and ring the bell, ring the bell and you're going to save yourself from all of this. And the ones who are weak with divided heart will go and ring the bell and just go and finish. I gave my best, but this is enough. I can't take it anymore. And this is the moment when many disciples did exactly that. They went and ring the bell. We love the miracles. We love all this. We love the healings. We love excitements. We love the fact that you're going to proclaim yourself to be a king. We love the fact that one day you're going to get rid of all the Romans. But this thing, this thing that you're coming from heaven, this thing that we've got to eat your flesh and drink your blood, that is too much. That is too much. We are living. I love everything that you can provide for me and my family. All the kids work. I love all the fun that we have like a church family. I love all this. I love this uh, beautiful little safe bubble that I'm going to protect you from everything bad that comes from society. I don't need more from society. This is enough for I have. I love all this. But now you want to stand against the culture. But now you want to get the wrath of the culture. Now you want to stand up and say, what is the really right and what is the really wrong? Now you actually want and, 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 and take us in adventure of changing the world. Well, that is too much for me. And they ring the bell and they disappear. And 12 was looking all that. And if, it's, if it's, there is a moment to stand up and say, wow, I need to take my medicine. Excuse me a minute. You know, and use that moment to disappear. That was the moment. Just to stand up and find an excuse. I better go. And do you know what's happened? Do you know what's happened? He stopped his sermon. And if you look at the 12, who probably sitting like this in the first row because they like that, and looks at the 12, those 12 who loves to feel special. You know, when I look myself, I see myself. I don't, I don't want to say that with the words, you know, but 
I know in my heart, I'm the one of the twelves, you know, because everybody else are two-dimensional people, you know. They're black or white, they're guilty or not guilty. They're sinners and saints, and there is no excuses for them. But when you come to me, or you when you come to you, you are three-dimensional. You have excuses. You have the things from the past. You got understanding. Jesus has all that understanding for Yeah, he's a harsh to other people, but somehow he's my buddy. And he looks at the twelve. Those twelve guys. Do you want to live too? Do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Do you want to live too? Because you don't like Jesus. He looks at he doesn't have any problem, any he doesn't have any problem to cut fully down if he's rotten and wrong. Only wants fully devoted heart. Only wants fellowship. Even if I don't understand, even if he's scary, even if he's it's it's blowing my mind, he wants that kind of devotion. Doesn't have any problem to look at twelve. Hey, apostles, and say, how about you guys? Do you want to go? And that is a, such a precious moment in life, my friends. You will hit that point sooner or later if you haven't, if you haven't hit it already. And you know that feeling when, when drill sergeant is shouting in your ear, lower down your standard, just ring the bell. Just, just don't be so passionate. Just don't go full. Don't just go hold nine yards. Just give up. Sometimes it's foolish. Just give up on Christ. Give up on Christianity. Find the cycle of life and go. Sometimes it's, it's too hard. You're too old. Let somebody else finish. You just sit down. Wake your pension and everything. There's so many ways how the voice is coming in a in an ear saying, ring the bell and just give up. Just give up. This is your last station. So many ways. But if you resist just a little bit longer, you are in a great position to discover Christ in a totally new and different way. To be so closer to Him. To really become one of the SAS Special Forces Christians. That he can count on you and use you in a, in a areas that no Christians walk ever before. And this world today needs that kind of Christians. People who are ready to go in the areas that nobody been before. Come out from the hiding place. He's the guy who spent majority of his ministry time with the 12 people. A guy who, when he left his earth, he had 120 people who actually stuck around and did what he wanted to do. And when you see that, that is immediately in collision with the culture where success is to find big crowds, big budgets, bigger name, bigger building, more people who, you know, tap your shoulder. And Jesus totally dislikes those things that the culture says this is what is important. He was known for turning people away. He never made easy for people. Yes, holy love. Yes, holy grace. But if you want to be my follower, I'm not going to make that easy for you. Every single time. As, as slaves eat my, eat my flesh and drink my blood, there is no life in you. 
If you want to follow me, you must deny yourself and take your cross. And we read that, take my cross. And we said, oh, you know, we just watered down so much. When those people here take your cross, they knew what that means. You want to be my followers? There is a suffering. There is a dying. It's not going to be easy. Are you ready for that? Or if you want to follow me, you should take your parents, take your spouse, take your children. Even the guy who was so ready to follow him says, you got to sell everything. Sell everything and then follow me. And the reality, my friends, is that in the 21st century, today, Jesus said the same things to us. This is not just something written in the Bible. Unfortunately, you read those verses in the Bible and say, well, what Jesus really meant to say here? No, no. And we start to redefine what Christianity is according to our preference, according to what suits us. And as we take Jesus from Bible and we shake him in something which is, which is not him, polite and nice, never too extreme, always a quiet voice, middle class, emancipated, politically correct, Western Uncle Jesus. He's <laughs> not that. He is a lion and a lamb. He is a lion and a lamb. And there is no different thing. And he will say things to offend you. He will look you in the eyes. And he's going to say, come on, are you going to ring that bell? Are you going to give up? Is this, is this what I'm saying offending you? Is this what I'm saying offending you, brother? That, 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 that my definition of success is different than yours. I went through this like many of you, that you have your definition of success. For me it's big this and big that, standing of people, success behind you. For me Jesus says, it's, I want you to be a obedient servant. I want you to walk with me slowly. I said go and make disciples, not fly and make disciples. It's slowly. For me, it's obedient servants who loves and respects and trusts his master, not the world, his godliness, his goodness, wisdom and power. Is offending you, Father, that it's my will, not your will, that, that your plans don't roll well. But I have a different plans. And I, man, this is the moment with our church in niche in Serbia right now when we see the fruits after years and years of hard work and it's still far away of what we want to see but now we see there was a time and times and times and times I, I wanted to give up you know standing in front of two people and nothing else hard work of living soils and losing people all the time but now you have something I could ring that bell so many times, praise God, with just God's grace and mercy that He stopped my hand to ring that bell and says, that's enough. Let's move and serve in England. It's easier there. And people love you that they will find your place in some church to, 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 to do something. I, we could do that so many times, Sonia and I, but it just, it grabs your heart. And if you just resist long enough, the grace comes of understanding that he's good. Every single, even now on Sunday, I had one of those bad feelings, which, well, maybe just me, I don't know. You know, thinking, why should I go in church? And, you know, 
knowing how many people are not going to be around. And then suddenly, you know, with all this kind, every single time that God does something small, which is so significant to show me, look how much in control I am. You just don't see how I move things on the chessboard. You don't see the big picture. And he brings some people, he does some things, he shows you, man, this is excellent what God is doing. You just need to resist long enough. You just need to phone call somebody. You just need to rethink things again. You just need to get a good glass of whiskey, you know, and go through that night, and in the morning it's a different thing. Don't make stupid decisions. My Jesus is lamb and the lion. Alpha and Omega, two opposites, full with joy and compassion for you. But at the same time, he's going to turn down to you and bluntly call it put to the test your intimate knowledge of him and say, is this your last station? Is this your stop button? The reason is not that he's harsh and that he's not caring, but that he cares so much for his glory and what he's building the kingdom of God and his presentation world, that that thing needs to be pure and clean and beautiful and ready and full with SAS commando Christians who are ready to go and do some things in this world. He cares so much for these things. So don't do that. Don't do the comfortable buffer zone. Don't build your church in that way. Don't make it that comfortable that everybody has place and this is the bubble. Don't settle down and don't take risks. Don't settle down. Take risks all the time. Don't build just a cozy church, churches for a fast growing without substance. Don't forget your first calling. Don't forget prophetic voice the church needs to have in society. Yes, that prophetic voice is going to cost us something, but hey! Shall stand-up comedians be prophetic word, word, voice in the world? I get more from the stand-up comedian said what the truth is than what the church says. I don't want to promote them, but some of them they really say in their own way how ridiculous is all this Monty Python atmosphere we live. And they say the real things, but we keep quiet in all this. It's a loving grace, but it's a, it's, it's a commitment to that lordship, to him, to somebody need to stand up and say the king is, how, no, to, say, to stand up and say some things are wrong here. He wants people who wants to go against the current. Wet finger politician is not going to change the world. For every single politician, it's so easy to recognize on the screen. They lift their index finger and they try to guess from which side the wind is blowing. And they just go with the wind. They go with the current. This world, they're not going to change the world. Somebody needs to change the current. Okay? And that's us. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the power of the committed churches. That is the power of people who are ready to count the cost and pay the price. We're standing today on the shoulders of people who knew that they're going to pay the big price of what they believe, and they pay the big price. Do you understand on what shoulders we're standing today? These generations today needs to pay their prices, this generation. If we want to change the current and go in a, in, a, in, a, in a direction of the Holy Spirit and God. On the surface, you're going to have all kinds of different ways for this 
Do you want to leave me? But Simon Peter answered him and says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Any one of us need to come to that place to say, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the words. Where shall we go? To whom? If not you, then who? If not this, then what? I'm so hooked up on this. What else for goodness sake after this? Once when you taste the heaven, once when you taste the community of the believers, once when you taste what is the Christian family, once when you taste what is the Holy Spirit, once when you taste what is the, the true, how can you go to anything else? It's impossible. I chose you. If I chose to say no to you, Peter will say, I will say to something else. So I did a quick check. I took in account all options and the choice I don't want to go anywhere. I took in consideration all the options and yes, Jesus, this is not really the best scenario. And yes, I'm not sure how is it going to finish. And I, yes, I wish to be a different. But the choice to whom I will go. Who else has these words of eternal life? Who else has those words? You have the words of eternal life. No one else can offer that. I remember. When I was fishing with my father and friends and you come along and invite us to something much bigger than our life, I remember my moment in life, in Jesus came in my moment, in my life, when I was in my fishing experience and he came and offered something amazingly, amazingly beautiful. I didn't even know what it is. I just, it's still like that in my mind. It, was, it looked like a light in a distance. And I didn't know what it is, but it's not there's something absolutely beautiful there. And I know if I keep going in that direction, I'm going to find the source of that light. And that was like that for me. God took me in England and Serbia and all this with you. Today, this is the beautiful thing. This is the proper purpose in life. The suddenly our lives has more purpose and meaning than ever before. That suddenly, I was not just a fisherman, Peter, the fisherman. I felt I'm invited in the story of God in history. Where shall I go? Where shall I go? Back to fishing? To return home? Mom and dad, I come back into, back in the family business? I know exactly how this is going to look. Go back home. Renew my relationship. Get a couple of kids. Maybe live on long enough to have a, several grandchildren. Then die. But you, Jesus, you gave me the opportunity to live for something and I'd rather die for something than live for nothing. I prefer to follow you and die for you rather than just die. You gave us, you call us into something much deeper and bigger than anything we ever be part. I did not exactly know how it's going to work when I signed out. We thought now you're going to be king. But to leave you and follow something else, who? You have the words. In eternal life. And every one of us needs to answer that question. And when we answer that question deep in our hearts, we will be unstoppable. We will be ready to pay the price. Okay. We will be the ones who are going to stay when He starts doing something in this generation which is going to be scary. And we're going to be at front with those things that God is doing. But then He used. He used a great logic. I mean, Jesus is such a great communicator. He used a great logic to explain why to give life to him. He said once, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take his cross and follow me. Which literally means, you know, 
They, they are going to be. The big thing a Christian means there are going to be a moment when your will and his will are going to go get one against another. And it's going to be time when you've got to submit your will to him. But then he says, and this is, this is the master of communication. Okay? This is the master of communi communication. He says, for whoever wants to save his life, life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. Whoever wants to save his life, everybody raises hands and says, I want to save my life. And that is the master of communication when you can emotionally connect to the people. If you connect to the half people, great. But if you connect with everybody, even better. And it just connects itself with everybody because everybody raises hands and says, yeah, I want to get saved. I want to save my life. That's why I take care of what I eat. That's why I exercise. That's why I drink herbal teas. That's why chia seeds. You know, I want to save myself. But another choice, whoever wants to save his life is going to lose it. And that's another truth. I'm going to lose it. As much as I want to save my life, I'm going to lose it. No matter how hard you try everything, you're going to lose your life. But whoever loses his life because of me, whoever chooses in those moments of the decisions to deny himself and follow me, and in that process, he lost his own life because he chosen to... To, to follow me, my kingdom, my purpose, my message will save his soul. And I give you opportunity to lose what you're going to lose anyway. I give you way to lose in that kind of way so you can save your soul. And that is something you can't argue against that. Because you're going to lose it anyway as much as you're trying to save it. And then he says, what good will be for someone to gain the whole world? And yet for faith, their soul. Or what one can give in exchange for their soul. Again, maestro of communication. He says, let's imagine this. That you have everything. Everything you want. All possibilities, all opportunities. What good is to get the whole world? Everything you want. And then on the end of your life, that you're trying to save. And you're not going to save. You lose your soul. What's the point? And every single person among us must say, yes, you're right. What's the point giving yourself to something else when you're going to lose it anyway? Why don't you count the cost right now where you sit and say, Lord, from today, I'm going to follow you fully. And I'm going to lose my life, which I'm going to lose anyway. But I'm going to lose it that kind of way so I can save my soul. You cannot go against that logic. And then he says, what you will give to redeem your soul? And everybody knows answer to that. I'll give everything. I'll give everything. You will not huddle. You will give everything you have. Because either way, you're going to lose everything. Do you understand the logic behind all this? Do you understand how much today, guys, guys, today, 21st century Europe, wherever you're coming from, we have opportunity to lose our life in that kind of way so we can gain everything and sell our soul. There is that reward. And David is probably going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about that. There is even reward if we lose our life for him in a proper way. And we need that. This world needs us to lose our lives for him. Jack London 
says, I'd rather be ash than dust. I'd rather be ash than dust. I would rather be super material. Every atom in me in magnificent, magnificent globe than a sleepy and permanent planet. The function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. Jack London said that. It should be engraved in every single one of us so deeply to give our lives in that way because Europe needs this kind of believers and this kind of churches. There is a Australian theologian, Michael Byrne, I think, and he offered four different, four different options that we today can engage the culture. He says, we can have a, a Stock, Stockholm Syndrome, okay? I think it's great, you know. Stockholm Syndrome is when the, when the victims fell in love with their kidnappers and they just uh, developed that unhealthy relationship with them. And the many churches are like that. You know, the liberal theology, the, the culture is the enemy, we just hug with them, we go with them. Instead of fight against immorality and things that is wrong, you know, we just go with them. Another approach we can have, it's a Benedict approach. The world is such a, such a horrible faith, a horrible thing, you know, we just need to draw back in ourselves, in the live communities, close ourselves in, in, in us and not have any touch with the world outside. Some movements go in an extreme kind of, the extreme way of that, but many churches in their own local way doing that. I don't need anything else except my little church, my little friendship group, not contact with reality. Anything that happens in the world, I have a theological explanation how to avoid to worry about these kind of things without any kind of contact with reality. But sooner or later, that reality comes to your children. And your children go away in the world and you lose them forever. The third way, he says, is that let's hope for a great Christian prince you know, a great Christian politician who can turn everything around and make everything right. We're a tough luck with that. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. They cannot define what the woman is. Do you really think they're going to change the world? So finally, there's another thing. And Michael Byrne called this the Thessalonian strategy. And I love it. Okay? I love it. Acts 17. The drug Jason. And some other believers before the city officials shouting, those men have caused trouble all around the world and now they're in your town. I want that. I want that. Can we be defined as a church or something that makes trouble all around the world? But you know that trouble we, 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 we make is so much in a, in a context, in a on the ground of the love and care for a people, for poor with the goods everywhere. So they can find anything immoral in us to judge us and go against us, except that we're standing on an unchangeable truth and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a sound sense for goodness sake. Can we, can we do that? Just turn the world ups and down. And now, to the church planting, they're in your town. And Jason said, welcome them in his house. They all defied, defied, defied. Caesar decrees. There's so many Caesar decrees today that we need to go against that 
saying that there is another king, the one called Jesus. Saying there is another king, the one called Jesus. They resist their own cultural system when it's confronting them. They confession that Jesus is Lord. They turn the world upside down. They had the courage to stand in their conviction. They proclaim Jesus is the Lord. Not Caesar, not Rome, not any kind of human, human authority. They stood up for something that is right. They pay the price. They pay the price to history. Our brothers and sisters, they're paying a price through the whole majority Christian world today. They're paying the price. If you ask me, now is the time for Europe and us to pay the price. Okay? We live too long in a comfortable Christianity. It's time to come out of that. Decades ago, things started changing. It's a different climate. We need to adjust ourselves to this climate. And if we want to really be what we are, we need to answer those questions. Who has the words of eternal life? If it's him who has the words of eternal life, when we align ourselves with him, we are in allegiance with him, we said there is a different king, there is a different decrease, and there is a different kingdom coming. Yes, maybe it doesn't look like he won, but he has won. And by living like he is the king, we show to him in the, in the world around us that he's coming back. Okay? He's coming back. And he will be here one day. So let's play our role in a generation that he put us. There is no other generation. There is this location he put us in the generation. Let's play this well for his sake and at his glory. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together, we're going to uh, just bring ourselves back to God in worship. I just want to encourage you just to reflect for a moment, just try and um, sort of position yourself in, uh, in what Vlada has been sharing with us. Just think for a moment, where are you in that, uh, that sort of arc of... Uh, you know, are you in the mud with the drill, sh the drill sergeant shouting, oh, come on, just ring the bell and you can get out of this? You know, are you uh, offended by what Jesus is calling us to? Are you offended by what the world is calling us to? Different responses. Are you... Are you feeling confident in him? Vlada says, you know, we're, we're going to make trouble around the world. And we're coming to your town. You know, where are you there? I mean, you know, Penny just shared beautifully earlier, just, you know, hey, you know, wherever you're at, we're here to help and serve one another in the grace and in the strength of God. If your armor is dented, if you're missing a piece of armor, let's help one another, let's serve one another in these days that we have together. You know, if you're feeling just really particular, I just felt really felt for those who, you know, as Vanessa said, you know, you're in the mud. 
I'm just thinking, you know, this is so easy. This is the moment when I could tap out. Really. I mean, you know, I could tap out. I, honestly, I, if you, I could tap out at any moment. Well, that's why God's brought you here. things that are hidden, things that we think people will never know what this has taken out of me. People will never know what it's taken out of me. But you see it all. King Jesus, you see it all. Jesus, we pray, will you come and show yourself to us in these days together? Let your face shine Lord, as you walk among us, as you just tap a shoulder and kiss a head, lift a chin, say, hey, come on, come on. What else is there? Where else can we go? Come, we pray, minister to those, Lord, who are in the mud. Lord, to those of us who are maybe standing and saying, okay, Jesus, what is it? What do you want from us? What do you want from us? Lord, we pray for that courage that Vlad is directing us towards that will say that we've got to. Who else is going to say it? Who else is going to bring the truth to the culture that is around us now? Who, Who else is going to hold forth the word of scripture and say this is the word of God that stands forever and Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever and we're not for moving you know just as uh, you know Rowling said they need a dictionary and a backbone although we're standing here with a bible and a backbone in the face of, of culture that is disintegrating in its moral integrity in any understanding of godly precepts and we say no we're standing there's a line in the sand here we're standing this is where we stand this is us uh, Lord we pray come and embolden us in these days help us minister to one another to give each other courage for this time for the cause of the gospel in Europe we pray for this Let's worship together. Let's just just be honest with God where you're at in this in this discussion, in this matter that Vlad is bringing to our attention. Just be honest with Him and say, God, meet me where I am right now. Lord, for the sake of Your name and for Your gospel and for Your kingdom in Europe, in my day, in my town, in my family. Bring yourself to him and he will minister to you.
I'm just drawn to um, how Jesus reinstated Peter after Peter had essentially said the cost is too much. I can't, I can't go through with it. Um, when asked, you know, whether, whether he was with Jesus, it's going to cost me too much. And you can imagine Peter's feelings after that. But I was just felt that everything Gladys said was summed up by this question that Jesus asked Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? That's the question. Do you love me more than these? And then I'm just struck by the fact Jesus then said, feed my lambs. He just says, go do it. Go do what I've called you to do. Look what he did through Peter. So, Father God, we just we just thank you that for this great rallying call that Vlad has brought to us tonight. That Lord, you're saying to us, do you love me more than these other things? Do you love me more? And Lord, we want to say a big yes. We want to put our lives in front of you. Lord, we want to use these days to let you give us that next line feed my lambs, give us that next thing to do for you, Lord, because we want to show you that we love you more than these things. Father God, we want to thank you for meeting with us tonight, right from the start. Thank you, Father, that you have so much that you want to do with us over these next few days. Thank you for the challenge. Thank you for the words that you challenged us with through Vlada. And thank you that through the days ahead you will work that out for each one of us. That we will go from here knowing our response. And it will be that moment that Vlada talked about, that moment when we know, yeah, this is me, this is you, God, this is our decision together. Thank you, Father, that uh, we're here as family and that we're here together to hear from you about Europe, your heart for Europe and how you want us to be part of your mission in Europe. We stand here as soldiers, I mean like Penny said, wow, you know where you are with your armour, where you're at and thank you Father that over these next few days you're, you're going to be that knight, you're going to be the one who sharpens our sword again, you're going to be the one who straightens our backs and sends us on ready battles that you're calling us to but we stand here today and say Father here we are here we are Father we give ourselves to you entirely we want to cause trouble I want to cause trouble in our towns where we work we want to be those people people who cause trouble for you so that your name may be glorified Amen you want to just take your seats for another few Thank you so much, Vladder. What a great start. Um, I've, I've got that boring bit at the end just to give you a few little bits of practical stuff. But let's carry on, okay? We're family. We've got opportunities now to go off together, to enjoy each other, to talk about what God said to us. Opportunities through the next few days. Please take those opportunities. Um, now, some of you have been asking um, about where to eat, etc. You are surrounded by places to eat from, I'm not really, shouldn't really say this, 
And if you go here, you're banned from the rest of the conference from McDonald's and Burger King up there. You are surrounded by amazing uh, Malaga restaurants, cafes, etc. If you've not been before, then grab onto people who have. You've got from going that way to the beach. Uh, you've got if you've not been into the town, it is worth going into the town at night. You will get the guitarists singing at you. You will get everything. It's a fantastic city to be in. Um, Andy here can't wait to find the Argentinian steakhouse again. Okay, okay yeah. Um, so there are always going to be some of our team who, if you're feeling lost or don't know what to do, let's go and get lost together and find somewhere to eat. I'm really aware that there's, there's quite a number of you here for different reasons who may not know anyone else in this room. We're okay, really. Um, or you've not been able to come with your church or with your other half or whatever. If that's you, uh, and, if, and you, you might want to just go off and have a quiet coffee somewhere. But if you want to be involved with other people, please jump in. But the rest of us, can we look out for those people who may be a bit lost or, or don't know anyone else who's here and just take them with you, okay? It's a really fantastic opportunity to carry on being family together. Um, on the desk out there, we've got all these little cards. Um, they kind of vouchers off restaurants. There's loads for oh, the ice cream in Malaga is to die for. Um, this one, Andy, is for a steakhouse somewhere. It's not the Argentinian one. But have a look at the ones out there because they're, they're worth grabbing hold of. Um, we will talk about the meal tomorrow night tomorrow because there's enough else that um, is going on in our minds today. Tomorrow we start back here. We will start at 9.45. But obviously be free to come along and join us before their full day. Any questions about the program, please do ask us, but don't forget you've got the QR code. Some of you have asked, I know it's a bit late now, some of you have asked about Wi-Fi, it's all over when you, if you need that tomorrow. But any questions, please, please come and ask us. Uh, I'll just check my list, but, oh yes, um, over there, in that far corner is a long table. Um, if you want to sign up, you can do it tonight or do it tomorrow, sign up for any of the seminars. It just gives an idea of how many of you are coming to which sem seminar. And also, we're really working John hard tomorrow. Not only is he doing a seminar, but then he's doing a fringe event. Um, so if you want to sign up for that as well. Okay? So have a fabulous evening. Carry on getting to know each other. And we'll see you tomorrow morning.